And welcome to episode 5-1 of Ripping the Rack podcast. I don't even know if this is recording. It says it isn't. Hi, Tim. It, it, I, I, okay. It, everything froze on me and then it all came back. It says that Tim is recording the call. So, Tim, hey, bud. It's hey, just buddy. us today. It is. Due to force unforeseen circumstances. Yes. Uh, Marky is in mourning after losing the Neko Devils yesterday and can't be with us today. Um, in all serious, it was. In all uh, seriousness, folks, yeah. that's, that's what I'm joking. Um, he had a personal, uh, we'll just leave it at that. Matter yeah. to attend to? Yes. And he's doing that. Yes, family, personal family matter to attend to. Um, but we, and, we carry on. And we carry on. How are you, buddy? I'm oh, good, dude. No, I How am, are you? I am, I am one half of, of the one half Triforce, tri, a leg oh. of the Triforce. We can't do that this time. Right, so we're going to have to be one half, we're going to have to be... We're, we're going to be two-thirds of a tripod minus a leg, so we each absorb a le- part of a that bi- leg, so, we're, a so we're half, so we're a biped, so we are the dynamic duo this week. I'm Tim, that's Brian, it's Ripping the Rack Podcast. Or, or I can be Tim and you can be Brian. Whichever works, buddy. That's it. How you been? Eh, you know putting flooring in my house that's fun nice the cl- the videos on click and lock while i understand not super hard they make it look a lot easier than it actually is because if you even get one little shaving from when you're cutting this flooring in that groove it mm-hmm. will not lock yep and god forbid if it's out of line just a bit but anyways, yes, I got about half of my house done. That is good news. Uh, and I've, I've done the uh, Pergo flooring before. I helped my brother do it once. And it's, it's cool, but it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, we went with a uh, luxury vinyl plank. Yeah. I mean, it's tongue, similar. Yeah, the tongue and groove. Tongue and yeah. groove, click and, click and play, or click and something or other. Click a lot, yeah. Um. So what's up with you? Anything new with you? How's how is Lawrence? So Lawrence is better. Um, we had a we had a. That's Larry well, the cat. For any of you that don't know, I've never met Larry personally, so I prefer to call him by his formal name, Lawrence. Until <laughs> until I meet him. So you meet and him, and then I can call him Larry. Um. So as 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 many of our listeners know. Um, it's been about a month to a month and a half since we had to put our beloved Mookie down. Big ups for Mookie. Um, still struggling with it, but that's okay. He, uh, I had a, uh, as Angie says, I, I had a, uh, unnatural attachment to the cat and the cat had, and the cat had an unnatural attachment to me. Uh, we were kindred spirits. That's right. And, um, so we, we, we got another. You kitty. were his human. I was his human, and he was he was my kitty. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we got Larry. Uh, well, he was Smokey, and I just didn't like the name. So he's just like, well, what do you want to name him? And I kind of looked at him, and I was like, Larry. And she's like, I kind of like it. <laughs> um, it's just stupid enough that it kind of likes it. Um, he Not looked, that Larry's a stupid name. No, 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 just. It's random a cat, like random yeah. cat name. I mean, okay, let's face it. Animals with actual human names, it's, it's kind of weird. Like when you have a dog, it's like, oh, what's your dog's name? And you're thinking, like, oh, is it Brownie or Chocolate? Chuck. Oh, okay. Okay. C- come here, Chuck. Bob. You know. Yeah. Like, what's your dog's it, name? Richard. What? Ri- what? Huh? <laughs> so like, there are some people names that, like, my name. You couldn't name a dog Tim or Brian. It just wouldn't like come here, Brian. No, like, actually, you could because Family Guy. True, but it's just that. You know what? My next cat, his name is Brian. Okay. He'll be your namesake. Welcome um, to Weird Pet Thoughts with Brian and Tim. 
This is a bowling yeah, podcast, so, right? <laughs> this is. So long story short, Larry is about a year old and was relinquished back to um, the shelter uh, because he, they, they said he was really aggressive. And we, had, we went to the shelter. He just and, wants to play. Well, we, we were at the shelter, and he like immediately came up, and I like picked him up, and he cuddled right up and in, and purring, and I'm like, man, the fuck is this aggressive shit? Like, what? And we brought him home, and he was cool. And then as he got more comfortable, we got more aggressive. He got to be a dick. He got to be a dick at times, but... but oh, then, question, question. Yes. Does he have his nuts? No. Okay. Well, no, they 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 took care of. They neutered him. So, which is responsible pet ownership? What basically what what we have figured out with Larry is two things. One is he's very high energy. So when he's in play mode, he is ultra aggressive. So you have to play responsibly with him. Like I have a laser pointer. He, I will run that cat all over the place. And it's funny as hell, and and I'm getting his. Does does Luna and little Kitty watch him and be like, they don't like him? Oh no. Well, I shouldn't say they don't like him. Um, he attacks because he wants to play, so he'll no, like. Well, none of that. Well, the I... funny thing is, is like he'll sneak up and he'll go to pounce and they'll turn and hiss and he he like comes to a dead stop and jumps straight in the air and backs off. Like, <laughs> okay, just kidding. Um. So they're getting better. So uh, the cat's you. Uh, um, yeah, I guess. Like when he, like when Tim's like hyper, he goes extremely hard, and then when he's tired, he's a grumpy dick. Yeah, but when he's tired, he just sleeps and he cuddles. That's what you would choose to do if you could. Like speaking of speaking of podcast producing pussies. Luna, Luna just jumped up being chased by Larry. Oh. So Luna goes high. Larry can't jump up as high as Luna. Oh. But he's going to climb. Anyway. So nice seven bowling. and a half minutes of bowling. Yeah. Uh, let's talk bowling. So Neko doubles, New England knockout. Uh, congratulations. That was, congratulations to the Dan winners. And Keith. Um, you know, also I'll say, congratulations to Mark and Jeff for runners yes, up. Yes. Um, I, I think we've talked about this in the past. If you were going to look at the list of names and the list of, this list of teams at the beginning, there are teams that you would say, absolutely, I see them going all the way to the finals. Baker and McKinley, you know, things like that. Dude, this is the March Madness tournament. That's what these and are. That, and that's what's so cool about this because – Dan and Keith got hot at the right times. Mm -hmm. If one was, and, and I, I think uh, Bob Lee, um, who commentated on this yesterday when they were, when they went live um, on, on Sunday, um, made the comment that they complimented each other in the aspect of when one went low, the other went high. Mm -hmm. And so they balanced, they balanced it out so they would never, obviously out of a match because they won every match they, they were in. Um, but they never got so far down that they had to go crazy to claw back out of it. Um, and to me, that's the cool thing about these types of matches. Because you're not going to sit back and go, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the teams you had, um, and I'm drawing a blank. Wait, you and Nick. Nate. Nate, sorry. Um, you lost to Nick. I lost, to, you know, we lost to Nick and, and Joey Lister. Um, you, you had know, Mark Carrier and Chris Merrill. Yep, Carrier and Merrill. You had Baker and McKinley, uh, Beauvair and Jimbo. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you had some, you had some on paper, some people that you were like, okay, yeah, I have them winning. I have them going X amount. Um, no knock on anyone else. It's just the body of work of some of these bowlers, you know? Uh, so it's cool. I'm, I'm happy for Dan. I'm happy for, for Keith. 
Um, what a huge triple. I don't know if you watched it. Oh, yeah. That was a mammoth I mean, triple. That, the that, last one disintegrated. He that, hit the head oh, pin and I'm just vaporized. Like the it, rack just went. Poof. It was a, it was a nut crushing triple. Mm-hmm. At the right it, time. At the right time. And it took all suspense out of that match. And he, he said, did. I, I, Keith had posted it on his Facebook and he said, it's the coolest thing he's ever done in bowling. Yeah. And yeah, I kind of got to agree. That's pretty fucking cool. Because cool. that last one was just ignited. So congratulations. I, I, I can't, uh, I really enjoyed the tournament. It was cool. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some great matches. Um, I love the fact that people are streaming these matches. That's the best part of bowling in the pandemic. Honestly, one good thing has come out of the pandemic for bowling. Two things. It's people's love has returned to the game. And two, Facebook has proven and YouTube has proven to be a place where we can watch all kinds of bowling in an era where TV shows don't exist. Yes. This is kind of on-demand bowling because for a while, and I think it's going to keep going this way, I bet you in six to eight months when the leagues kick back around, there's going to be bowling on YouTube every night of the week. You'll be able to watch some form of Candlepin every night of the week, and it's going to be great. I think so. So two things. Mm -hmm. Uh, One, we will hopefully in the next couple of weeks, well, it'll it'll be a little bit, we'll have a show up. Um, Yeah. We have the we have the uh, uh, the SD card that Rusty at Stars and Strikes gave me from the last tournament. The it's last... already on Facebook, but we're gonna put some sizzle to it. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 gonna pump it up a little bit. We're gonna turn it into a little bit of a version, uh, you know, a, a, a trial version, so to speak, mm-hmm. of a YouTube Candlepin Bowling show. So pretty excited about that. Um. I'm trying to think of what's going on. We have one freaking year anniversary coming up. That's right. I cannot this believe. This is episode 51. It is. And you know what comes after episode 51? The big one year. Vacation. One year. For you and honestly, for the show. Yes. We're going to take a week off, folks. We got a lot going on. Timmy's going on vacation. I have... An insane amount of stuff going on personally. So we are going to take a week off. We are. Uh, so we'll, we will be on this Friday. Um, most likely will be Marky and I carrying this Friday. Um, Brian's mm-hmm. got some things to take care of uh, the rest of this week. Um, and that's okay. We all have a life outside of here. And then next week... There will be no uh, Tuesday bowling show, and there will be no Friday, uh, fun Friday edition of Ripping the Rack podcast. Uh, we will return on Tuesday, May 11th, I believe, is the mm-hmm. date, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yes. I think so. Yep. So um, before my wedding anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. So Tuesday, May 11th, we will we will have our... 52nd episode we will just be a week late of getting that up and up and on mm-hmm. so you have two weeks folks to send us questions comments yes yes calvin. yes calvin questions questions um legitimate questions not the questions that i received like why is calvin such a dick which we did receive a couple of those questions which I is think- self-explanatory he's not a dick you just drew the dick out of calvin well this is what i try to say calvin doesn't give a shit what people think about him calvin's going to tell you the truth whether you want to hear the truth or not Mm -hmm. and if you're not prepared to hear the truth you may not want to listen to calvin but i gotta tell you that's actually one of the reasons why i like calvin Mm -hmm. because he's gonna tell me the truth i i know i'm not gonna get bullshit around him We'll bullshit with each other, but that's in a joking. Right, right. Like the fact he's a good bowler. (laughs) Oh, man. Is he? 
I think so. I think he's, he's not as good as Corey. I think Calvin. I think Calvin's overrated. I mean, if you I, want to, if you want to right? rate people, no, I mean a, he's not as good as Corey. He's definitely not as good as Corey. Jones. I mean Smith either. No, <laughs> I know. Um, Which, I mean, by the way, congratulations, Tyson my... Corey. Yes, congratulations. One month old little man is very cute. Yep. Yep. Um. So, a couple of questions that we will get to today, mm-hmm. uh, and Calvin. I will, and I will say that uh, uh, Adam uh, is correct. I'll never not laugh at someone punching the one five in league play or a small tournament. LOL. Brian punched. <sighs> Brian did punch the one five in league last week. I will admit, I did start laughing. Um, it was funny. It was funny because it was the first time I did it. And the reason it's funny is because someone had chose to laugh when I did it the week prior, but it was like the fourth or fifth time it had happened in the night. And I was a little frustrated and I may or may not have stared through that person's soul. <laughs> may or may not would be, it would be the right, right. The right way of looking that. Um, did you say licking? that looking at that okay i thought you said looking carry on i don't think that's <laughs> let's rewind that did i say looking that i don't know oh, I you'll have not. to hear it on tuesday morning on spotify because that would be or really anchor breaker google podcast that would be really really weird um okay we so answer, so we answered yeah. that question um so i do have uh a question here and and it's kind of a two-part question, and this is going to take us a little bit to answer. Ooh, two-parter. Yep. Um, what do you see as the difference between Canadian bowlers and American bowlers with respect to team events? And okay. the second okay. part of that is, does that translate to 10-string single tournaments? Singles or doubles tournaments. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Brian go with this one for a sec. Which part? First one. What do you see as the difference? For lat, okay. Here's the short way, and then I'll explain it. They actually fucking like each other. So that's that's the short version. Sometimes in America, we decide. And even though we don't like some people that we bowl with, we bowl with them because we think it gives us a better chance to win, which on paper it does. Then, and and this isn't anybody, this isn't like people might be laughing because, oh, Brian's telling personal stories. No, this is just how it happens. And I've seen it happen to a lot of teams. So just let me drop not wisdom, but just my thoughts on everyone for a minute. So you get a whole bunch of super bowlers to bowl together. You think this is great. Then you get there Sunday and you have your first team meeting and you talk lineups and all of a sudden people start saying where they want to bowl and you're like, well, not everyone can bowl where they want to. Oh, okay, well, that's going to be weird. Then you're like, okay. And then you go to, you know, you have your first, you have the singles and you realize, oh, no, nobody's cheering for me. They're all cheering for those guys. Like, okay, well, kind of awkward still. And then as the week goes on, by, by, Thursday when you're fighting for a playoff spot because you absolutely all hate each other. There's one person keeping score and one person bowling and the rest of the team's gone. And you don't see that with Canadian teams. You don't. The reason A-plus is so fucking good is because they all genuinely like each other and they don't give a shit if nobody likes them because they like each other. So that's part one, the explanation. You, Tim? (laughs) Um... I was I was thinking about being a little bit more diplomatic in my approach. Well, honestly, <laughs> I didn't name drop anything. I didn't say no, anything. No, no, Lord no, no, knows no. there's enough fucking stories, but is that an incorrect statement? On the no, American side, sometimes no. there are your rare teams, you guys on price flooring, you know, a few years with us on heat on main event. You know, the the year you guys won it in Halifax in two thousand one on main event. It's chemistry wins that tournament. So, 
Yes, if you're talking worlds, mm-hmm. chemistry plays a huge part, as does good bowling. Well, I mean, you can't. I know what I'm saying is a bunch of 110 averages. I don't care if they're best friends and they they're they'll die gonna, for each they're other. Not they're not going to win. No, but you get a um, good mixture of 120 to 125 guys that like each other and want to win for each other. So here's here's my take on 28 years of 29 years, 28 years of bowling in the worlds. This would be this would be year 29 if we had had it last year. Truly had the worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, this would be coming up on year 29 for me. I have bowled on some teams where we had some great bowlers. Individual bowlers. Don't get ahead ahead of the next fire question. Absolutely suck as team members. Because they were about their individual stats. And that was it. Now, that will get you to the playoffs. It will. But it's not going to win you the tournament. Canadian bowlers... From what I've seen over 29 years, yes, there have been some teams where they didn't like each other. Absolutely. There have been. You have seen some teams implode for whatever reason. Rarely on the Canadian side. Normally you might have one bowler leave, you know, another guy just doesn't go or something like that, and they pick someone else up. On the American side, you are always teams are imploding left and right all the time and a lot of time it's not even competitive ability you get kicked off for no no sometimes it's because you're a dick sometimes it's because well I they're a dick (laughs) well sometimes sometimes it's well i uh you know you get the i want to bowl with my friend i want my friend on the team because that's how it is so we're gonna we're gonna let you go I know my friend's only a 110 average and you're a 123, mm. but good luck on your next team. That doesn't happen too often in Canada no. with Canadian teams. It does. They all do want to bowl with their friends and everything else. Mm-hmm. It happens. It's, a, it's only natural to want to bowl with people you like. Okay. Okay. Um, I will speak for myself. I have been, I have left a few teams on my own accord. I have been pushed out the door on a couple of teams, not on my own accord. Okay. It is what it is. You would have been better off just saying, hey, look, no hard feelings. We're going with someone else. Okay, thanks. We'll okay. talk later. Bye. We'll talk later. Instead of the way it's happened a couple of times where you find out through the back door and the, and the other way around, and Johnny told Ray, who told Johnny, who told Jimmy, who told Doug's dog, Billy, who barked it to Larry. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. be a man. It's okay. I'm a big boy. Or yeah, woman. Big- or woman. Well, I'm 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 talking. I can't speak for the the women's teams because I know it's kind of a shocker, but I've never bowled on a women's team. Mm. Surprise. Um, the last one of the last times I was looking for a team, um, our team imploded. Most people know the story. Most people, and I'm not going to go into detail in it. It just went a different direction. Um, I reached out to a few people and I had a few teams reach out to me once they found out. And I had a team of people that I thought I was friends with and reached out and said, hey, look, I'm looking for a team. Don't know what happened, blah, blah, blah. Well, they talked about it and decided that they didn't want me on the team because they weren't all about the average, the high average bowlers. 
that was the reason why I was given. Fair enough. Then, then why do you go? No, it, look, fair enough. They're a good team. I'm not going to say who it is. We're not going to go into detail. Right. No need. No need. They're a good team. They're good. There are a good group of guys. Um, but the biggest thing right there is, from what I've seen from the Canadian bowlers and American bowlers, is number one, you don't jump around as much on the Canadian side. So they have longevity and they have teams mm-hmm. that stick together over a longer period of time. And when you stick together over a longer period of time, you develop chemistry. Chemistry is not an instant thing for the most part. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, you and I have bowled on some teams together that may not have had instant chemistry. Not only in the worlds, in other tournaments. In other tournaments. There's there's there there is that chemistry that's developed over a period of time of which you and I have had to do that over a period of many tournaments in many years. Mm-hmm. So I think that to me that's that's the biggest difference between your Canadian bowlers and your American bowlers. Mm-hmm. They're willing to give things time to develop that chemistry versus the American side, which is always looking to. Either the Canadians are like changing a piece a year. Yeah. They're not just gutting entire teams to pick up four or five people. Correct. Which is what I see. You see, you see changes on both sides. You just see bigger changes on American sides. Short of a couple of teams, no. Right, like I'll yeah, say, like Lucky doesn't change a lot. Look, Maria's doesn't Maria's change a lot. In let's stop right there. Those are your two best, two of your best American teams. Mm-hmm. What's the common thread? The, the song remains the same. Yes. And they they both both teams have guys that that like each other. Mm-hmm. They get along. Most of them don't give a shit what others think about them. Right. They're just there to do a job. They're there to knock over more pins than the other team yes. every match. Yes. That's kind of what you're supposed to do at that tournament, right? So think about it now is, excuse me, you take a team like Lucky Strike that has had the core together now for eight, ten years. Maybe a little longer. A little longer. But, 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 yeah. but let's just call it eight to ten years. And by core, meaning they've had six or seven of the same bowlers bowling together. Mm-hmm. What happens is you now have these guys also bowling with each other on Friday nights. Again, pre-COVID, bowling on Friday nights in the Pro League. Or doubles together, bowling Pro Series events. Together. Pro Series events, Neko events bowling together, um, things of that nature. Hell, you even have guys that take long weekends and go as a family right. places with other people. You get Craig and Bobby of- who play fantasy baseball together all the time. Correct. Right. It's At that point, it's more... You- so there's no denying the yeah. talent on those teams, right? You know, you know, it's it's trust, and it's not trust that you're gonna trust someone to make a shot. You're trusting the people come up with you and bowl with you that they're taking it just as seriously as you are. Correct. So, how many times have you been on a team where you're 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 up bowling? The match is relatively close. You make a big shot. You're all excited. You turn around, and you've got one or two people. Mm-hmm. Because two guys are going to get beer. One guy's going to smoke a smoke a butt. You got another guy that's just wandering around. Mm-hmm. Hell, we had one year. One guy just left. Ah, screw it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go cash a lottery winning ticket. Oh yeah, I remember that. Right, he, drove, he drove like four towns away to do that. Yeah. 
It was like an hour away to cash a ticket. In the middle of the tournament. Yeah. Well, you know. So, so you want to know the difference? Take a look at your best teams. They're not just put together. No. They're not. They're put together over a period of time with the same core group of bowlers. And that's Those, what you see on the Canadian side. If that tournament in particular is not, it's one fifty. 75% of it is one of those lanes that week. The other 25% is one over the year with talking to your team. You maybe have a barbecue. You have team meetings. You have your group chat. You bond. And that's the other quarter of winning that tournament is chemistry on top of competitive ability. Mm-hmm. But it's a whole lot easier to have faith in your teammate when you're like, hey, I know that dude is up there and he's not drunk because he he going to drink tonight, but right now he's sober and he going to make that nine drop and I don't have to worry about him making that. Yep. Or I know I don't have to worry about him throwing that pin away or pins away or whatever it is because he's pissed off that he missed a shot. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, he personally won't do that to his team. That is what I'm talking about. Holding yourself accountable for your actions during that week. That's who I want on my team. I am the first one to call myself out about the type of teammate I was many, many years ago. I am. I'm the first one that will tell you I was about my stats. Didn't care how the team did. I just threw a 400. Well, the team lost six. Yeah, but I threw a 400. Yeah, but the team lost six. And you threw two pins and you and you threw a shot away because you were pissed off. Or so-and-so couldn't bowl because they were drunk. Or so-and-so couldn't bowl because they were drunk, uh, because they were high on something. I mean... Or they were pissed off, so they went and left and drove around for two hours, which I've been a part of a team where I had someone do that. They were so pissed, they left the bowling alley, came back two hours later, and was like, hi, what's up, guys? Where the fuck have you been? Oh, I went for a ride. Well, cool, keep going for a ride. Bye. So, you ask... Brian and I answered. Now, the second part of that is interesting. What do you think, Brian? Does that correlate now into 10-string tournaments versus team events? No. There's a special breed of bowler that can do both. That can bowl. That's a good team bowler and a good singles bowler. They're few and far between. Your premier singles bowlers, they can be great team bowlers but they are elite singles bowlers and that is a different breed of bowler to be an elite singles bowler you you know every you need to have a chip on your shoulder if you want to be amongst the elite singles bowlers you have to walk in and go who's bowling for second i'm not scared of anybody i'm going to make every single goddamn shot up there and not care how you do it you just do it so is there a difference between, and I don't know how to word this, so I'm going to try to talk it out. Is there a difference between your American bowlers and your Canadian bowlers when it comes to 10-string tournaments, singles or doubles? Do, and I guess what I mean is... Do it's you hard feel, because, hold on, it's feel, hard. It's hard because the Canadians don't bowl 10-stringers. That's what, I'm, that's what I mean. Do you feel that the Americans in this format have the advantage because that is primarily what we bowl on this side of the border versus a team event, which is primarily what the Canadians bowl on their side. No, because I think you've seen when the elite guys come down from Canada for the Easter, they do fairly well or they win. Hollett came down and he won it. I mean, there's a guy that has numerous team titles. He comes down, he bowls. I think he went twenty six over twenty six hundred, mm-hmm. and won it. I I think when you get that good, when you're in that upper echelon, like you know you and 
you know, Surratt and, you know, even all time like Tommy Olsen and Peter Flynn and, you know, Nate LeBlanc and guys like that and Cantonio LeBlanc and all, you know, that elite group in the world. When you get that good, it's just when you bowl singles, it's different. Like even you, you have a different mode when you bowl a ten stringer than you do a tournament, a team tournament. I'll agree. I'll agree to that. And that's what makes people elite singles bowlers is they have a different gear when they need to bowl singles. Just like what makes you don't necessarily you're not may necess- not necessarily be a good singles bowler, but there are guys that aren't good t- team bowlers, but they're amazing doubles bowlers. I know mm-hmm. guys that bowl their ass off in the can am. And they're not necessarily good in a marathon format, but they bowl doubles great. But here's my question, though. Do they bowl doubles great or mixed doubles or whatever you want to call it because they have a partner who, A, can carry them at times or that are there to cheer them on? Here's your prime example. You bowl with me every week in league. Mm Mm-hmm. When do I hit the head pin better in league when I'm bowling good or bowling with you in a best box when I know I don't necessarily <laughs> have to make everything? You've uh, seen bowling. me hit the head pin probably like 20 times in a row in a best box, knowing that I don't have to make a shot. Yeah, it's you bowl doubles better because, at least in my opinion, it takes some pressure off, especially in a best box format, but even in a doubles format, I would. I would say it also depends on who you're bowling with. Who you're bowling with, because I have bowled, I have bowled with the best of the best as double in doubles, and I have bowled with people that aren't as good. Um, you bowl with me, it's okay. You can say you, Brian. No, I, I'm, I'm. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna say anything. About it. I was just joke. But continue. I mean, it's true. Well, I know. Uh, <laughs> you continue. I. I tend to put when more in Rome. pressure. Yeah, when in Rome, uh, do as do as the Turkish do. Um, is that how that goes? Uh, yeah. Was it over Continue. when the German? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Um, Forget it. He's on a roll. <laughs> uh, I will put more pressure on myself if I know that I need to carry the team. But that's that gear. And that's what makes somebody elite. You see, so it's the the 1% of bowlers have a dial. And it's, okay, what am I bowling today? Oh, it's World's Week. It's Monday. Singles mode. Okay, now we start Tuesday. Team mode. All right, what am I bowling in a couple weeks? Oh, Pro Series doubles. Okay, double mode. And they make everyone around them better or they are better than everyone because of their mindset. And that's your 1% of bowlers that are that good. They can do it all. They just do it. They're good at everything, but in different ways. Okay. Well, let me ask you this question then. So we were asked, and I don't remember answering this. You say we did. I say we didn't. Who the hell knows at this point? Because so let's just rehash it real quick. So I'm going to rehash it because this kind of leads to this question. Uh, and Will Damon, thank you for sending this question, by the way. Um, what's more important when wanting to raise your average? Actual lane time and practice or mental fortitude and confidence? And if there was a success, if there was a formula to successful average raising, what would it look like? So the second part of that is extremely like personal. I think it's tailored to everyone. I don't think there I think it's like a fingerprint or it's like a performance plan. Uh, the first part, I think yeah, the answer is yes. Uh, I think it takes both. And I'll tell you, in my personal experience, the more lane time I get, like, I don't think going up and bowling by myself helps. I need, I am a better bowler when I am confident. I get confidence by bowling in matches and practicing in leagues that way. I'm a streaky bowler. And when I start to bowl good, I will bowl good because I'll get confident. And instead of thinking, don't miss the nine pin drop, you're like, okay, make this and move on. I think when you bowl enough, it snowballs. When you start to get that confidence, you have a good league night. 
it carries into a tournament, it carries into your next league night. All of a sudden, you've thrown 380 or better in like the last four weeks of your league. You've placed, you cash in, you know, a couple tournaments. That okay, now you go through a big 400 in the league. Now you start rolling out. Now your bad nights are 365. Your good nights are 380. Your great nights are 420. Because mm-hmm. you're confident. Well, no, because you're confident. And you're bowling a lot more stuff because you're confident. So you're getting more reps. I think it's a lot of everything, but it's confidence. So. It's like golf. Of- Let's face it. If you step up there and you don't feel comfortable with that golf club in your hand, what happens when you swing? Hit a bad shot. Yes. What happens when you get up there and you just don't have a good grip on the ball and ball? And you're like, I shouldn't go. I shouldn't go. And then you go. Yes. I, I, so, Will, thank you. Uh, thank you for the I know question. that was a tangent. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Because I think if you're looking to, here's what I'm going to say. If you're, if you're a hundred average bowler and you have potential to be a 110, and then you have potential to be a 120. It's Bull how do you make those match everything? Well, here's here's what I'm going to tell you. There's a difference between a hundred average bowler that's on their way up and a hundred average bowler that's on their way down. You will find out in one tournament. Yeah. You will. Your mental your mental capacity. Just if you are a hundred average bowler, the next time the Pro Series has a singles event and it's a five string knockout. Show up, know the rules and stuff. Don't be a jack wagon. But if you're a hundred average bull and you want to say, "Hey, I want to take this seriously," go pay your money, bowl the five string. You will quickly figure out with the people around you if you are mentally cut out to bowl in something professionally. I'm going to say this: if you're a hundred average bowler and you're trying to increase, it's lane time and practice that's going to do it. I think it's also bowling against way better people. Well, than you. here's what here's what I'll tell you is when I was a when I was a hundred average bowler, I would go down to the bowling alley at Oxford Hills and I would either bowl Russ or Russ would have me work and I would just throw Which yes, not everyone has that opportunity. I know. And this is what I this is what I was gonna say. To me, it was that beginning lane time that I took, I didn't care what I scored. I just learned how to throw the ball consistently from beginning to end. And then I learned how to play shots. And I I would try shots differently because I was the only one in the bowling alley. That's what I do in league warm-up. Like, I'm not warming up per se. I'm like, okay, working on shit and warm-up. Yeah, but I mean, that to me, that's going to give you that mental fortitude and the confidence. Is is the more you see something, it's the more nine pin drops you get, the better you're going to be at making them. The more splits you see, the better you're going to get at making them. And or here's another least, thing, or at least oh, picking, yeah, your right. pin, picking your pins enough so you'll learn. If I'm looking at a spread eagle, I can tell you right now, I can count on one hand in 30 years of professional bowling or professional bowling. How many times I've tried to make that shot because I had to make that shot? One or two hands. Most of the time, I'm not trying to make a spread eagle. Three on either side. Get your 10. Get my 10 and move on. Okay. If I, if I make it, cool. That's great. But very rarely am I trying to make that. Now, you give me a two and one. You know, uh, that type of thing, yes. You know, mm-hmm. the 5-7 the or the 5-10, yes. I'm obviously trying to make that. You know, 7-10, oh, fuck that. I'm not trying to make it. I'm trying to get a 10 and not be pissed off. Exactly. And here's the other thing. When you practice more, you're supporting your local alley, which, let's face it, we need to support bowling alleys. You go in, you practice, you support them. And if you're just starting out, you get to know the people that work there. Maybe you get to know the owner. He works there. Hey man, you're in here a lot. We got we need a spot. We need an extra bowler for a small in-house tournament Saturday. You want to bowl? You ever done tournament? There you go. 
and then you get yeah. your foot in and you meet some people. Yeah. So to me, the formula to successful average raising is is it's very individualized because everybody is different when it comes to how they perceive themselves to get better or not perceive how they they know themselves mm-hmm. so they know they know what's going to be beneficial to them to increase their average and their confidence correct for me i i can't bowl more than once a week i i am not the type that can and you're bowl not going to go in and practice every week religiously no I, I I will go in before the worlds. I will go in before the mixed worlds. Throw five. So couple couple weeks. I'll do it for a couple of weeks. And all I'm trying to do is I'm not trying to, to raise my average. I'm just trying to get my muscle memory back. And also stretch the muscles out again so you're and not dead-ass sore yes. after one day. Yes. And I'm trying to stretch out, um, you know, thing, things like that. So, ah. <sighs> Good questions, folks. You know how you get better, too? You bowl and stuff like what Cole does on Friday in Bangor. Random draw doubles. Yep. Or you bowl, you stick around after bowling and bowl with guys dollar box, quarter box. You, you know, you bowl dots. You, yep. It's that shit that makes you better, and it makes everybody better because you all bowl more. You know. Um, and you enjoy I- bowling. I, I'm a big fan. Now, I didn't do it. We obviously didn't do it this year at all. Um, thanks, COVID. But sticking around after bowling, um, I didn't do it a lot. But, like, I would bowl Jay. You know, would bowl five bucks, one string. Mm-hmm. Um, we might bowl a quick two strings, something. Um, put a little bit of money on it just to give yourself a little something, something. And then you get two or three people stick around. You get some yeah. of the young guys stick around and they're like, this is kind of fun. I will say at Oakland, we have a good group of younger guys, not young guys, younger guys, mid to late 20s, early 30s that like bowling yep. and are getting into yep. it. You know, and this goes for women, too. They're, yeah. What we're talking about is the, it is the same for women that it is for men. It's, it starts with repetition. It's doing the same thing with the first ball that you do with the 10th ball that you do with the 100th ball. Craig Holbrook. He's the same definition thing. of repetition when he throws the ball. Yeah. Um, I, I keep the same speed on the ball from the first ball to the third ball of, of a box. I don't, I'm not one that changes speeds. Never believed in it. I don't. I can't because it, it affects the, how my ball travels down the lane and where it hits. Yep. So, folks, we're going to uh, we're going to wrap it up for for today. Um, thank you once again for uh, supporting us for this past 51 weeks. Um, what a crazy wild year it's been. From you got, you got Brian's you basement wanna... to Tim's big cat sanctuary outside. <laughs> To COVID scares, to no bowling, to kind of bowling, to uh, we covered it all. We did. We did. And thanks for listening. We we appreciate it. You know, and we've we've grown. Um, I think the show has. We added a leg. We, we did. grew a leg. We grew a leg from um, Massachusetts, nonetheless. Yep. You know, I I uh, we we had some uh, we had some interviews. We had some guests. Uh, we we will in in year we adapted. number two. Yeah, in year number two, um, I do envision obviously more guests. Um, trying to figure out the if best. If we ever to get win. back to a traditional worlds format, back like the olden days, as much as we can, mm-hmm. I would love to do some after like ripping the rack post day or you know like after day, and you know in the lobby of the hotel, guys come in, quick interviews, talk about the day, what they need. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. Like bowling center. Yeah. Sports center for bowling. Bowling center. Bowling center. Uh, So thank you again, folks, for listening, uh, for watching, uh, for interacting with Brian and I and Marky. Thank you to Marky for joining us, uh, you know, joining the, you know, agreeing to to join this crazy thing. Thanks to everyone in 
Canada that listens to us. Thank you to the folks in Germany that have listened to us. Uh, where yeah. else are they listening to us? Turkey. We do have a couple of folks in Turkey. Thanks uh, to the Russian bots for the, the Russian entertainment. Bots are fun. Uh, we do have some folks in Asia, uh, both Japan and Korea. I am going to assume that they are on some tor- some sort of naval bases, American naval bases. And thank everyone who is a service member for their service and listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, as usual, folks, you can still reach out to us at rippingtherackpodcast at gmail.com. We'll get back to you in five to ten business days. Yes. <laughs> um, we appreciate it. You can find us on Facebook and uh, Twitter on Ripping the Rack Podcast. You can find Brian and I on Snapchat. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Soon find us on Instagram. Uh, you will not find us on OnlyFans. Um, Check out our Twitter, both Ripping the Rack and Tim and I's Twitters. Yep. And uh, Brian, where else can they uh, hear us? Well, they can hear us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, and wherever else they listen to their podcasts. And uh, Angela Habs do suck, just so you know. Yes, for the probably the 51st time in Ripping the Rag podcast (laughs) history, the Habs do suck. And just so so they are aware, all the Montreal fans, goals and warm-ups don't count. No, that's that's Toronto. That's your Maple well, Leafs. Well, you know, no, my Maple Leafs. I'm a Bruins fan. I know that's the Maple Leafs. Well, it's, it goes yours. for the same. Oh, it goes for the same for that toilet seat team too. Yeah, that's true. That that is true. So, thank you guys. As a reminder, we will not be on next week. Enjoy your reprieve from us. Enjoy your week reprieve. Listen to us this Friday. Uh, It'll be Tim and Marky. Tim and Marky, we will be talking. I uh, believe our top ten list is funny, funny people. people. Brian Which, will get me. Brian will get me his list. I yes. will. Yep. Thank you. Yes. And I will. Uh, if you want to have add any notes to it, that's cool. Um, something I will make sure that gets my on there. My people will email your people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, get your people to my people, and my people will get it from your people. Sounds good. So, thank you all. Appreciate it, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Good fight. Good night.